couple of other things. So, I can't remember, was it last Saturday now or the Saturday before? Saturday before. Um, so we collected socks. There was a night here at Mortal Life where I took everyone's socks off their feet. That was exciting. I didn't do it. Everybody took their socks off their feet and gave us their socks. And then over the course of the following weeks, we collected a lot of socks. And I said that we were going to go down on a Saturday and we were going to walk down through Denver on that kind of, I call it the Riverway. I don't even know officially what it's called. But down through the Cherry Creek area, we were going to hand out socks. And so about two weeks ago on Saturday, we went down, we being three of us, and we took a lot of socks and coats. And it was interesting. Um, we met at the biscuit company first, and then we headed down, and all the talk starts to surface because it's, I don't care how many times you've done something like that, it's always uncomfortable. It just is, that's just how it goes. And so I'm kind of the person who spearheaded this, and I don't have a plan. Let's just do it, and let's just make it happen. And so we go down, and we start walking around. And uh, one of the people who went told me, hey, I've done something like this before, and it was not good. And I said, well, what do you mean? And they were like, well, people's response wasn't good, and nobody wanted anything, and they were kind of offended. And I was like, oh, well, I've done this lots of times, and I've never had a bad experience. So... Who knows what'll happen today? Let's see what happens. And so literally we walk up to the first guy, and of course the other two people are looking at me like, okay, Bill. <laughs> do something, come on, make it happen. And I just walked up to him and I said, hey, we have coats and socks. I don't know if that would help you or not, but we've got plenty, more than enough, if you'd like anything. And he looked at us and he goes, because he's one of the guys, he's standing on the corner, he's got to sign up, anything will help. And um, <laughs> just wanted to point that out. Anything will help. And he's standing there, and he's walking up and down, and just kind of hitting the curves up. And he looks at us, and he goes, "Oh man!" He's like, "I just scored this hoodie, and I've got another hoodie over there. I'm doing pretty good." <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I don't think I need anything from you guys. But thanks for asking, and thanks for doing this. And then he asked us our names, and he asked us what we were, we from, what we were doing. And he threw a little God bless in there. And he, he basically said, then at the end, he's like, hey, but if you keep walking, there's going to be people up ahead that are going to take you up because they need stuff. It's really great. That's awesome. So we kept going. Boom. We headed up. The next people we bumped into were so stoked that we had coats. They took every coat we had. They were like, oh, amazing. You know what I mean? And then we bumped into them later, and they had found like other people and brought them back to us, and we're like, they've got socks, like, check it out. And we had some new Volcom socks, and let me tell you what, the 20-somethings that we bumped into thought that was, like, amazing. Volcom socks. And then the next up, man, the bright white socks, <coughs> huge hit. And so at the end of our day, we walked around for, like, two hours, and then we hit the Denver Rescue Mission after that and kind of gave out the rest that we had there. And... Uh, the person who went with us that said, hey, you know, I've done this once before. It was a horrible experience. It was awful. She, at one point, she looked back, and we gave this guy a pair of white socks. And he was so excited. And then, like, we started walking away, and she turned around, and then she tapped me, and she was like, look. And he had, like, ripped off his shoes, and he had slid both of them, like, all the way up. You know what I'm saying? And he was just sitting on a bench like this. <laughs> he was just soaking it up, man. And she was like, I needed to see that. So it was a good experience. And thank you for giving us your songs. 
guaranteed they're going to put them to way better use than you would have. And hopefully you'll always think of spirituality when you think of socks. Always. It's earthy. It's here. It's us. Go visit Annie at her shop. When you walk in there, just soak up the good vibes. Her, her shop is so spiritual. Um, and uh, so we started tackling this idea of forgiveness last time, like two weeks ago. The idea of forgiveness, mainly because I like to talk about things that are close to my heart, stuff that I'm dealing with, stuff that I'm going through, stuff that I'm still processing and trying to work out. And I threw out the spoiler alert that said, if you're looking to learn how to forgive, or if you think I'm gonna throw out three things that makes it really easy, I'm just telling you right now, I'm not going to. It's not gonna happen. There's no cookie cutter formula. And maybe as we approach it from some different angles and some different perspectives, maybe you'll find something you can grab a hold of. And you can say, that's a great next step. You know what, that makes a lot of sense to me. I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try it tomorrow. I'm gonna try it tomorrow morning. I'm gonna try and wake up and hate that person less. And that might be my next step. Small victories, awesome work. You know what I mean? So, just to bring us up to speed, last time I said forgiveness is not, okay, what it isn't. Forgiveness is not condoning what happened to you or what someone did. It isn't that. It's not removing or eliminating consequences of actions. It's not letting someone off the hook. It's not putting things back the way they were before. Sometimes, but not always. Sometimes things may never go back to the way they were before. Um, forgiveness is not waiting for someone to apologize or say they're sorry. If you're like hanging out and you're thinking, well, I'll forgive them when they own it, or when they come knocking, or when they come apologize to me, and that's honestly, that's my big one. I told everybody last week, I'm like a wealth of grace. Patience, boom, grace, forgiveness, it's right here, but you've got to come ask for it, you know? Like, that's how I feel most of the time. If you don't ask for it, the vault is shut for business, you know? But it's not that. It's not that. You may be waiting a really long time for someone to apologize. You may take that sucker to your grave. Just the truth. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Reconciliation takes two very healthy people. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Forgiveness is not dependent or based upon someone else's actions. It's all you. All right? And then we did say forgiveness is loving yourself. And I threw out that brilliant statement like, love others as you love yourself. And what we're talking about is like actually loving yourself. Um, forgiveness is setting someone free and discovering that person is you. Forgiveness is refusing to let someone rob you of your joy. I like that one because I get stuck in these ruts and I, and I start like wallowing in it and I'm kind of bitter and I'm resentful and I think about revenge and before you know it, like I've gone weeks, months without joy. Crazy, crazy stuff. So that's kind of what we talked about last time. Tonight, this talk, and the title last time was Letting Shit Go. That was our title last time. Our title was Letting Shit Go, because it feels like that. It feels like you stepped into something and it feels that serious and that heavy and it's that messy when we're talking about forgiveness. This week, our title, and I love to do this, I had a professor in college who would talk and then he would stop. And then he would go like this. 
and then he would turn around and read everything he wrote. Like it was awesome, the whole class. But our title tonight is Read It Out. It was the most boring class ever. It was Murray Montague. I was like, dude, if you're just going to read it, like at least write it out ahead of time. Like, don't make us sit here and watch you write it down. Um, I have to tell a story about grass tacos and poop soda first, because when I moved here, I met two students, and their names were simply this, Jeff Montepar and Daniel Chapman. And these two boys ran into me, and they were like, I've got to tell you something, Jeff Montepar runs in, and he's like, Phil, 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 you'll never guess what happened to me a day at school. I was like, what? He's like, Daniel put poop in my drink, dog poop, and I drank it. And I was like, what? How in the world? That is nasty. Daniel's standing right here. Chapo, what? Why did you do that? He put grass in my taco. And I was like, so? Like, you know, like, grass poop. This is where I'm going. I want you guys to see a progression, right? I tell this story for two reasons. The first is escalation, right? There's this escalation that's inherent in not forgiving someone. When you choose not to forgive, and you instead say, you know what, I'm going to take that pain, and I'm going to bring it back at them. Payback builds. Almost always does. I have three boys. I know this is true. I know that payback builds. Like, it starts here, and then it goes to here, and then it goes to here, and then we go to the emergency room. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the progress of what goes down. Payback builds. It has this momentum to it, and it just keeps, keeps growing. It even builds silently inside of you when you sort of hold it and you keep it dormant. And you think everything's fine because you haven't acted out physically. You haven't verbally said that thing. You haven't physically, tangibly made something happen. And so you think, you know what I'm saying? Everything's fine. But what's really happening is that you've taken that hurt and you've kind of planted that seed in your heart. And it's just growing. And it's growing. And it's growing. Until at some point, that thing releases some terrible fruit in your life. Like onto other people. It's destructive for you. It's destructive for someone else around you. I want you to get the idea that not forgiving someone, there's this escalation to it. It builds. It gathers a full head of steam, and it just keeps going. And in that story, too, I want you to get this. It's kind of this idea of continuation, something that I call the loop effect. Um, it doesn't stop when someone else does something, right? It doesn't end somewhere, really. It continues to go. Um, we like to say this phrase, we like to even the score. It's pretty funny because it really doesn't ever exist, right? It bounces back and forth and back and forth, and you're like, I'm going to even the score. And I'm not just going to even the score, I'm going to take it up just one little step. That's the escalation piece, right? And then, score settled. No, it's not, because it just turns right back around and it comes right back. There's this phrase in the Bible that says, like, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. It's funny, because, like, it's just not true. You can't do that. 
we're human beings. We don't like to even the score. We like to be one up. That's what we like. We love to be one up. Uh, there's this idea, the myth of violence, the myth of redemptive <laughs> violence. You guys have heard of this, yes? It's the idea that like, if I return my hurt towards someone else in a slightly more serious way, if, if I can bring it, if I can make them feel the pain, then this will end. Like, I'm gonna bring peace, but I gotta bring the sword. You know what I'm saying? Like, I gotta lay down the law, and if I do that, then there's gonna be an end to all of this. Essentially saying, like, if I beat the crap out of you, then you'll know. Well, if even the score, this will be done. And no, it doesn't work. Because there is this loop effect to what's going on. There is this, you gotta think of how the stories play out, you know? I mean, I can't remember what Chapo said to me when he's like, well, he put grass on my taco, and I'm sure then it bounced back to Jeff. And Jeff's like, well, he called me a name, you know? And then Chapo's like, well, he looked at me funny. And then it just boom, 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 round and round, back and forth, this kind of loop effect. It just keeps on going. Continuation and escalation. We love to take a hold of our pain, grab a hold of it, and we love to throw it right back. And it's kind of like a ball that bounces off the wall. And it just keeps going. Who likes to hold pain? Who likes to have it? None of us, really. It's not enjoyable. Or maybe you don't pass it right back to the same person. Maybe you're the person who takes it, and you hold on to it, and you walk away. And then there, there's that un, un, unsuspecting like person, this, this poor, innocent bystander who bumps into you at the right time or the wrong time, if you look at it from whatever angle, and bam, they take it. And now you've set pain in motion somewhere else. You've taken the hurt you felt, you've thrown it out, you've given it away, and you've set it in motion somewhere else. When I say loop effect, I feel like you guys might be thinking of this though. <clears throat> I feel like you guys might be thinking of like a circle. And maybe it's just this kind of unending thing and it keeps going. But what I want you guys to think of instead is your body's circulatory system, right? This whole mess of tubes, all like running, all connected, all together, right? So I'm just gonna try and draw it really quick. I don't have a good clue, but we'll just say, this is somebody out there sitting in the room. Boom, this is the loop effect. And just to get really nerdy really quick, I just want to throw out a couple of things about your circulatory system. Is that cool? It's pretty cool. So your heart beats around three billion times in your life. If you've been keeping count, that should make you scared. But three billion times during an average person's life. Within a tiny droplet of blood, there are some five million red blood cells. That's pretty cool. Here's the one I really want you to hear. If you were to lay out all the arteries capillaries and veins in one adult end to end, they would stretch at about 60,000 miles. By comparison, the circumference of the earth is about 25,000 miles. Like there's a lot going on in you, it's pretty nice. <laughs> like, a lot happening. And here's the fun part. It takes about 20 seconds for a red blood cell to circle the entire body, to travel that distance inside of you. It's pretty cool. I want you to think of this closed system. 
of tubes all connected your circulatory system. I want you to think of the loop effect in this. Simply because what is, whatever is introduced into the system stays in there. It's going around and around and around and around. It's got no way out and it's just bouncing everywhere and it's all connected, this entire thing. The only way to take it back out of circulation is to bleed it out. This is like an old term, right? I don't even know if they do this anymore, do they? I hope not. Jeez. I don't know. So, like, have you seen a movie where it happened? That might be your best guess, but like, someone gets really sick and they're like, oh, we gotta get that sickness out of you. It's like in your blood. So then they cut them, you know? And they like stick the buckets under their arms and they bleed them out. They're trying to get whatever's in the blood out or get it to a point where there's enough out so they can like start to get better. It's this crazy, crazy concept. And maybe they still do it in some places, who knows? It's kind of a gross image to think of. It's not the happiest and it doesn't sound that fun. It kind of sounds a little painful. But that's the image I want you to have when you think of forgiveness. I don't think it needs to be a pretty picture, a clean picture. I don't think it needs to be like a feel-good picture either. Because one of the things I said last time was forgiveness is a painful, difficult, long process. And tonight we're talking about the painful part. It's just straight up painful. I want you to listen to this quote from a man named Tim Keller really quickly because he said something awesome about forgiveness. He said, forgiveness means refusing to make someone pay for what they did. Already, like, I don't like it sometimes when I read that, but. Forgiveness means refusing to make someone pay for what they did. However, to remain from lashing out at someone when you want to do so with all your being is agony. It's a form of suffering. You're absorbing a debt, taking the cost of it completely on yourself instead of taking it out on the other person. It hurts terribly, and many people say it feels like a kind of death. Yes, but it is a death that leads to resurrection instead of the lifelong living death of bitterness and cynicism. I'll be the first to admit it. I think there's kind of a certain satisfaction that comes out of revenge. <laughs> Anybody ever taken revenge? Come on, hands up. <laughs> now, like, seriously. And if you haven't, like, done it, you've thought about it enough that you should have done it. Like, like, seriously. Revenge kind of has this certain satisfaction. You take the pain, you pass it along, you keep it in circulation. But it's nothing compared to the freedom in life we can experience when we forgive somebody. Because I think everybody in this room has also forgiven somebody. And to be able to let it go and to not carry it around. And to not kind of put yourself in that position where you feel like someone else is renting space in your head. Or you feel like your joy is being robbed. There's a certain kind of life there. And it's pretty cool. Forgiveness is about your own personal health. It's about your well-being, your joy. Remember, forgiveness is refusing to let someone rob you of your joy. Forgiveness is like this kind of death that you experience. It's painful, it's difficult, it's long. But on the other side... There's life. So we're coming up on Easter pretty soon. It's actually Anne's birthday this year. 27th. March. It doesn't feel like Easter should be in March. I always hate it when it's in March. Easter, for me, now, I don't know, like, I mean, I don't know if you're a Christian. I don't, 
even really care if you believe the Jesus story or anything. But for me, when Easter comes up, I automatically think of two things. Two things. Because, like, I grew up hearing the Easter story, you know? And I grew up a part of that Christian tradition. And for me, like, the whole Jesus story always boils down to two things. Two things. And I always talk about them, pretty much. And so, love being the first one. And I feel like I always indirectly talk about that, even if I'm not talking about or ever saying it. It's there. And it's, it's, it's this kind of undercurrent that's there. The second is forgiveness. This huge, crazy topic. In the past two weeks, not even trying to do so, we've been watching TV, well, streaming TV, <laughs> and we've been seeing some movies. And just because I've been thinking about it and been in the heart of this for a little while, like, it pops up everywhere. How crucial is forgiveness to, like, the fabric of humanity? It's a pretty big deal. Because in the end, we're all connected. And it's about what we keep in circulation and what we bleed out. How much we continue to pass this pain on and this hurt. Um, there's this movie. I have to mention it. And you can totally make me not use this illustration right now. So, I went to see this movie. It's with Julia Roberts. She's got bad bangs in it. And then there's, who else is in it? Who were those other people? Nicole Kidman. Yeah. She's in it. Anybody know what movie I'm talking about yet? You guys don't even care. <laughs> There's a movie, and it's called, like, In Their Eyes. Secret In Their Eyes. Is this it? Can I talk about this movie, even if I'm going to totally spoil it for you? Because none of you are going to see it. I can tell right now. None of you are going to care. You're like, is it Zoolander 2? I don't know. Is it old? No. It's brand spanking new. It's just out on DVD. Theaters. Okay, I'm gonna talk about it. And I'm also gonna, it, through talking about it, ruin the movie for you. So, it's a movie about Julia Roberts, and she's a cop, and she's like, you know, homicide detective or something like that, because we don't get enough of that, but you know, like as an American culture, every show's a cop show, I feel like. Crime scene investigators. But, she gets on the scene, and she discovers in the dumpster that her daughter's been killed. Right, and she breaks down, and she has this horrible thing. And then from that point forward, her mission is to find who did this, right? And so you're watching the movie, and they kind of do this whole thing of like, you know, back and forth, because they felt like the story might be too boring if they just played it like in chronological order. So you're constantly jumping back and forth, and they're keeping your interest, and it's kind of unfolding. And um, it all surfaces because this cop comes back and says, I found him, I found him, I found him and it reeled in the case, and they're chasing down all of these leads, and they think that they found him, they bring the guy in, they try to get him confessed, and she says, it's not him, it's not him. And then the guy says, why? And she's like, because I killed him forever ago. You know what I mean? Like 30 years ago, I found him and I killed him. And, um, and he's like, oh, why didn't you tell me? Why? And then this whole thing interrupts. And then, this is when they drop the bomb, right? And then all of a sudden, he sits back and he's like, she moved out to the country. She's like alone all the time. He makes several comments through the movie like, it looks like you've aged. It looks like you've just. She mentioned the death penalty wouldn't be good enough for this guy. She said like, if yeah, the death penalty wouldn't be good enough for him and all this kind of stuff. And then he like sneaks around and follows her one day. And she, he finds out 
that she found the dude and she built a jail cell out in the barn on her property and she's kept him alive this whole time and she never talks to him she just feeds him enough to keep him alive she doesn't torture him but he's just there and I mean you can see it she has lived not forgiving him and just keeping that stuff so close and so hard and it has taken a toll on her physically mentally everything it's like ruined her it's this crazy movie I didn't know what I was getting into when I watched it. And now, you don't even have to. You weren't going to anyway. But, it's for real. This whole idea of not forgiving someone and what it does and what it keeps in circulation. This pain that it keeps close. The way that it takes and steals and robs your joy. Back to the idea of Easter. Resurrection is what I wanted to mention for you. Resurrection. Now, I'm not talking necessarily about Jesus. I'm talking about the pattern that's inherent everywhere around us. There's an undeniable rhythm, interplay, and exchange between death and life in our world and our universe. You can see it all the time. Death gives way to life. Ann and I went down to Denver today to fix her iPhone. And uh, we took a run while we were down there. And like, all the bushes and trees are starting to bud. You're seeing all the life come back. There's this crazy, crazy rhythm and pattern of resurrection in the world. And I want you to get that that same pattern is available and built into the idea of forgiveness. You go through it, it's agony, it's suffering, it feels like a kind of death. But lurking right around the corner is this mysterious new life that you can step into, that you can go through. It's painful. It doesn't feel good. <clears throat> it's not like something we want to even do. We'd almost prefer the state of like <coughs> not going through it because it's tough and it's hard. The second thing I want to throw out is uh, just this quote. Well, I guess I should say this because I, I wanted to nerd out again just for a second, but about 8 million blood cells die in the human body every second. The same number are born each second. Like, that's the pattern of resurrection. It's built in. It's there. Red blood cells make approximately 250,000 round trips of the body before returning to the bone marrow where they were born to die. And it's like, it's this constant cycle of rebirth, death and rebirth. Forgiveness is the same exact thing. The Jesus story for me, too. Last week, I mentioned... Um, this quote over here from the Bible. It was like, if you forgive others in heaven, if you forgive others, your father in heaven will forgive you. If you do not forgive others, your father will not forgive you. And, uh, sounds really stingy, actually, <laughs> and kind of strict, and I don't always like reading that. But then I step back and I say, wait a second, what if, what if this was more about just saying good advice? What if it's just like offering you well-informed advice about how things work? I think Harry S. Truman, I found a quote from this guy a long time ago, and I love it still. He said, never step on a fresh turd on a hot summer day. <laughs> right? Never step on a fresh turd on a hot summer day. Now, if he was going to tell you that, and he's like, Joey, never step on a fresh turd on a hot summer day. You'd be like, I don't like the way this guy's talking. <laughs> What's he? I can step wherever I want, and I will step wherever. 
you're like, no, that sounds like good advice. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. There's a truth to how that works, and we know it. There's a truth to how this works, and it's for real. So I want you to imagine this. Your body's circulatory system, right? Closed system. You refuse to forgive. You let it stay in circulation. You pass that on. And the pain keeps moving, and it keeps hurting, and it comes back around again and again and again and again. But you change this kind of, and you bleed it out. You go through the pain. You go through the agony. You let it out. You take it out of circulation. You stop the loop effect. And something's transformed and something heals. Right? All of a sudden, it's not in circulation anymore. And you say, no, 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 this pain, it stops here with me and no more. What's going to come back around to you is the freedom and joy and love through forgiveness. You forgive and forgiveness starts circling around in here and it comes back. Forgiveness is almost like a muscle. You know, you gotta practice that sucker. And I think the more you do it, the better you get at it. I'm pretty horrible myself. And that's why we're talking about this. And I feel like sometimes we have some common ground in that. Um, I was gonna bring in a goofy snorkel and do this demonstration that I did once a long, long time ago, twice, and I did it for some high school students. Goofy things. But I instead always loved the idea of the oxygen mask in the airplane. And I mentioned this last time. Forgiveness is like this panic scenario. It's an emergency situation. And you're supposed to love yourself. And you're supposed to grab the mask and put it on yourself and breathe in and out. You get oxygen in and out through the same kind of pipe. You can imagine a snorkel if you want to. Right? Forgiveness, closed system. Right? We're talking forgiveness flows around and around and around and around. If you're going to give forgiveness, if you're going to receive it, if you're going to give it, if you're going to receive it, give it. It's like the same pathway that this is going to happen. That's why this starts to make a little bit of sense. It happens through like the same tube, if you will. Forgiveness is like, you can't just like say, oh, I'm not going to forgive you, and I'm going to forgive you, and I want to be forgiven all the time. Like, it's the same highway, it's the same path, it's the same tube, all the time. And so you can imagine, not forgiving is like holding your breath. It's like you're choking, it's like you're gasping for air, it's like you're suffocating, isn't it? You have to breathe in and out. You've gotta give it, you've gotta receive it. You've gotta give it, you've gotta receive it. It's the same pathway. Um, what I would say for you tonight is this. Forgiveness is quite literally the air we breathe, I think, for humanity. We have a lot of bleeding out to do. We have a lot to take out of circulation. Small, subtle rolls of the eye, you know, those comments that were said or left unsaid. Sometimes it's really big things. Who knows? Chances are right now there's someone in your life that you need to forgive. Chances are really, really good. Because we're all human beings. I don't know who it is, but I would ask you, who is it? And what is it that you need to stop bringing up? What do you need to stop carrying around? 
what should you stop telling everyone? What experience do you hold so closely that it kind of robs you of your joy? What have you planted in your heart that's taking root right now? It's going to come out like a year from now. What hurt, what shit do you need to let go? Chances are good you're hanging on to something. My advice is to bleed it out. To take a deep breath in and out. Because although it hurts like hell, there is life on the other side. We're supposed to learn to breathe deeply. So I'm going to invite you, before we get together next time, I'm going to invite you to practice a step in forgiveness before we get together next time. And remember, no step, no matter how small, is insignificant. <laughs> whatever that step can look like, whatever it could be, nothing's too small. I would encourage you to do this, though. Again, I'm a very physical person. I like to wrap my head around things, but I like to wrap my hands around things more. So here's what I would say. Write down whatever you need to. Like, if it comes up in the mind, write it down. <laughs> Throw it on a piece of paper, put it out of here and onto something. Name it, embrace it, and then send it away somehow. You can literally throw it out a window. You can burn it. You can bury it. You can shred it. You can recycle it. You can mail it somewhere with no return address. Very cool. Maybe you need to create some kind of a forgiveness ritual that can help you enact what you feel like your heart needs to do. Maybe that's something good for you to try. So when it comes up, because it will, and when it comes up again, because it will, you enact that ritual, whatever it is. You find out what might make sense. And maybe you have to try like five before you can like get there. Who knows? I had a clock in the back, and now I can't see it. This one's, is it there? You got time. 719, all right, we're good. I had a watch on, I was looking at it too much. People told me to stop wearing it. Um, <laughs> you didn't say yes. that awesome helium balloon idea, Phil. Come on. Oh, yeah. We were going to take a picture of me. Well, we were thinking, we were trying to think through things. Like, you could fill up a helium balloon, and you could write something on it. And we were talking about, like, doing it in here. But that would be bad. Because there would be balloons stuck on the ceiling. Um, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. But find some kind of ritual. What is it? I'm telling you right now, forgiveness is hard. It's hard for me. And I told people last week, if you've forgiven it, you know, in the best of relationships, you can be like, dude, no big deal. Water under the bridge. Best of relationships. Sometimes forgiveness is that easy. There's lots of times when something comes up and it isn't. And that's kind of what we're talking about. Forgiveness when it's not easy. When you know it's going to be painful. But can you figure out a way to take it out of circulation, to pull it out so you don't continue the loop effect, so you don't pass it on, so you don't give it away and keep it in circulation? And you can start to get a little healthy. You can start to heal a little bit. And you can feel a little bit of that joy, a little bit of that freedom, a little bit more. For me, right now, I try to be in the same room as some people. You know? It can be really hard. 
<laughs> and like I said last time, too, I bumped into someone who was like, oh, yeah, it took me a long time to forgive somebody. And I was like, yeah, and they were like, two months. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, in years with some people, you know, like, and I don't mean to sound like an awful bitter person, but like, some stuff happens. It's pretty shitty, and you can't let it go. And that revenge factor pops up, and you think, man, that would feel really good. And you throw it back. And you just kind of wait comes back and just keeps that cycle going. It's much further beyond grass tacos and poop soda. Like it escalates to like levels of real physical pain. And it hurts and it hurts. So my prayer for you tonight in closing. Uh, may you learn to forgive. May you not be kind of good at it. May you be great at it. May you stop the cycle of pain, and may you take whatever hurt you're growing in your heart or you're planning to pass around, and may you bleed it out of circulation. And may that sort of death-like experience bring you a new life on the other side. I want you to go tonight and literally breathe the air of forgiveness in and out. In out. And it's my hope that you'll experience a kind of joy and freedom that comes back and around to you over and over and over again because you've taken it out of circulation. Amen. Hey, guys, thanks for being here tonight. Um, thanks for sitting through a talk that feels kind of heavy and kind of hard and not that good, right? Like, I mean, not good. I mean, I feel like I did a good job, but I mean, like, not good. Not good in the sense of, like, it's, it's heavy. And it doesn't feel it a little bit gritty at times. Uh, I sent out an email that talked about the sock thing and talked about possibly giving to MTL. We're in the stages of trying to figure that out. Uh, the one thing I did want to mention tonight is that every six months, this is like the grand experiment here. MTL is going to be a force of good in some account. It's going to be awesome. We've got some big dreams and some big stuff happening, and it's going to be fun. But every six months, whatever money has been given to MTL in some way, 15% of it, we're just going to take, and we're going to do something crazy with it every six months. We're going to be a part of that planning process. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure out how to do it. We did the sock thing, and we were like, ooh, three of us went. It was pretty cool. We dig that. What could we do different next time, and how else could we be like a force of good? Know, what could we do in Dream Possible? So, every six months, something's going to happen. We're going to experiment and play around and do all kinds of things. So, anyway, thanks for being here tonight. Really appreciate it. Grab some more goodies on the way out. Talk to people. Introduce yourself. You know what I mean? Make this uh, connected system a little bit more fun so you can put names with people's faces and things. And maybe we'll see you Ooh, are we doing it in two weeks? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are. We'll be back here in two weeks. We're talking at least two more times about forgiveness from a different angle. Yeah, all right. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> we'll start some music so it's not so awkward for you. <laughs>